Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. What's up, Building Us listeners? Thankfully, it is a new year. It's a chance to add some newness to life. As we climb out from under the hell of 2020, Matt and I really want to bring you a special series of shows. It's a chance to consider what the next normal will look like in your home, in your finances, your work, your spirituality, your health. It's not the new normal, it's the next normal. It's a commitment to the next great thing in your life, despite uncertainty. And let's face it, uncertainty is both scary and exciting, and we want you to embrace it. We want you to reassume captaincy. You are the captain of your ship, you're the author, you hold the pen. 2021, this is the next normal, the next normal of investing in your relationships. Welcome back to the Building Us podcast, a show all about the power of relationships. It's a new year, and this is the next normal for all of us. I'm Dr. Matt Morris, family therapist, joined by my friend, colleague, muse, and uh, co-host, as always, Eric Garcia, financial planner. Eric, Hello. happy new Hello. year. Happy New Year to you, Matt. 2020, what a shit show. Whoa. Matt, you just cussed. You never cuss. What? It was a special year. Like, like, like literally, y'all, Matt, Matt rarely, Matt rarely cusses, and he just did. My mom taught me to watch my words, but that was a rough year. I hope your mom's not listening to this show. I don't want to disappoint Sorry, her. Sorry, mom. She might be. Yeah, 2020 is rough unprecedented that was actually one of the most googled words used unprecedented unprecedented it's a hard word mm-hmm. it's hard to spell unprecedented yep um no it was a, it was a tough year what what i love about new years it's it's just kind of a good break it's it's a good way to say hey th- th- there's some newness there's there's a new a new page if you will start over even even if nothing has changed dramatically it's just another year it's just something where you feel that it's a reason to have a fresh start um so and do yeah. you know the two things the two top things that people want fresh starts on matt mm. you I, know this yeah i would imagine most people make some kind of a, a plan a resolution about their health mm. or weight or something like that that's health and weight weight's one they want to lose weight you know another one um hint you're talking to a financial advisor uh Make more money? Mm, no, no, close. No, save more. Not money. really. Yeah, yeah, but even Straighten before that, out their money. Kind of okay. get out of debt. Oh. Yeah, the top two changes that people want to make are 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 fitness related and money related. I think relationships might be somewhere in like in the top thirty of changes that people want to make. Be a better person. <laughs> be a better person. It's so vague, like yeah. be a better person. I remember once, and we're probably gonna we're probably gonna get into this in the show. 
um, I was lamenting to you at the end of the year that I didn't meet some goals. I'd set these very lofty goals and, and you looked me straight in the eye and, and you said, dude, you did a lot. You just have crappy goals. You need to set better goals. Yeah. Ever since you told me that, that was probably three or four years ago. Ever since you, every time I set a goal, I, I imagine myself presenting that goal to you wondering, man, would Matt tell me that this is a bad goal? It's like, it's like this little mm. voice in my head. Anyway, anyway, it is the next normal. One of the things I like about uh, again the the new year, there's this opportunity for for change. Sometimes change is is thrust upon us. We've got no choice but to change. Um, but sometimes we're in a position to um, embrace that change as it comes, or or maybe we're in a position to drive that change. Um, but here we are. We find ourselves here, and I'm really excited about this this series that we're going to kick off here, where we're going to talk about some pretty important parts of our of our lives, of people's lives, right? Health and spirituality, money, relationships, and we really want to talk about in the context of what is this next normal going to look like in this post unprecedented year time? What's it going to look like? And I think we have a fantastic guest to kind of give us some some. I would say some a good framework that we're going to be able to to uh, use across all these important aspects of our lives. So I'm going to kick it off to you, Matt. Why don't you introduce our guest and let's let's get into this? Yeah. So just to to kind of zoom out for a second, we're talking about in this series the next normal for your life, for my life, our listeners' life, um, and and different aspects of that next normal. And and today we really want to be talking about. Um, habits or consistent behaviors, consistent activities that we all engage in to achieve those things that we want to achieve. Um, and today we have uh, someone who is great with helping people develop better um, behaviors, skills as it relates to various as aspects of their life. Um, today our guest is actually my personal workout coach, Brandon Ecker. Brandon, welcome to the show. Um, introduce yourself for a minute. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. My my name is Brandon Ecker. Um, Matt and I uh, work together at CrossFit NOLA five hundred four in Mid City. I wouldn't say and we work together. I mean, you you. I work with Matt <laughs> and others. <laughs> Matt needs a lot of work. You yell at me from across the gym. It's great. Yes. Well, that's my seeing eyes. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that I'm 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 washing everybody. Yeah. And so today we're not really talking about working out or losing weight or even going to the gym. Today, as we, as we mentioned earlier, we're talking about the consistency of everyday behaviors. And so, if you're like me and you want to make some change in your life, daily consistency matters. And and Brandon. Um, this is something that you've thought a lot about it's, is, is daily consistency. Yeah, I think that um, it, it's the, the process is really important. So just kind of being involved in the process and the, the key term that you used, I think was, was actually daily mm -hmm. um, just like in a, in a micro sense of the whole start of the new year, each morning when we wake up, uh, we get to start a new day and like um, it seems less daunting to think about winning the day or achieving what you need to achieve during the day than it does to think about winning the week or the month or the year. So, um, yeah, I really like the the term 
daily mm. in uh, in the previous comment. I love that winning the winning the day is is much less daunting than winning the year. Winning Tuesday is different than winning twenty twenty one. There were times in twenty twenty one where it's like I'm going to win the next thirty minutes in twenty twenty. Right. In twenty twenty, there were yeah thirty minute wins. Yeah, that's, I'm going to win the next thirty minutes. Hey, can we go back to cro- before we get before we get too deep into like the philosophy here? Can we go back to talk about some CrossFit sure. stuff here? I'm going to get a shirt made and uh, maybe um, just like a little side hustle, man. This is the next normal, right? Look for side hustles, side right? Hustles. This is the the gig economy. Um, and, and maybe maybe I can sell the the merchandise at your place. I want to say it's it's a nice workout shirt, comfortable. We can make we can make you know cut off our, what do they call those uh, tank tops. Thank you. And I want to I want to say I'd rather be eating a shrimp po' boy. Is that yeah. is that a good workout shirt? Is that a good way to show up to CrossFit with that shirt on? Because I, I feel that way sometimes. I, I do, and I think that if you if you really believe that shirt, like if you would rather be eating a shrimp po' boy, but you're there anyway, the motivation and empowerment that you gain by winning that 30 minutes or that hour or that one decision is more rewarding and more predictive of lasting change than if you didn't really want the shrimp po' boy and you were like, I'm bored, I'm going to go to the gym. Mm. Um, you know, I, I never, I never think that. <laughs> that's it. That's, that, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Matt, Matt, Matt was telling me about a, a gym that he visited when he was on vacation. That um, yeah, I visited the gym and it, it had this statement on the wall, and it was kind of comparing people who um, who are really into working out versus people who are just kind of casually there. And on the 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 casually side, it said. Uh, you work out to eat. And on the serious side, it said you eat to work out. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I get it. I think that that, I mean, I don't, I, I didn't get the sense that he was at the gym for the hour and then going to have the shrimp. <laughs> oh boy. I thought it was a situation where he came to this fork in the road and he chose you know, against what he wanted, which is a shrimp po' boy. He chose what he knew was better for him, which was going to work out. And I'm saying that the people that don't come to that fork, like they're going to get, they can go to the gym and they can get a great workout and this, that, and the other, but like creating lasting change and empowerment, like being free from the po' boy, being able to say like, this was presented to me and I overcame it is way more like i think a strong telling it builds strength you know it does but i'm still gonna eat the shrimp pool every now and then not often (laughs) every now and then man wow eric that is not how i was reading your shirt initially is that you you're at the gym with the shirt saying no. I'd rather be eating a shrimp po- po- boy yeah. because you reach this fork in the road really like on your way to the gym you pass chubby you don't need forks with po boys man folk fork <laughs> you know opposable thumb you don't need forks with po boys just just there are those workouts man that I'd rather be eating a shrimp po boy the shrimp po boy is maybe it's not the shrimp po boy maybe that's just the idea like this is hard and I'd rather not be here and I think that's the Senate but I think to your point Brandon is is showing up. Like it's just that daily win. It's it's showing up. In fact, one of the things I changed for me in, in kind of in this idea of thinking back on Matt's statement about like 
building better goals, you know, I had this goal of, I want to do so many pushups or so many chin-ups and I never, I didn't meet it. And I'm like, Oh man, I didn't meet this goal. And then, then all of a sudden the goal changed to, Hey, I want to be able to do a handstand. I'm like, all right, I'm, you know, six, three handstands are hard for tall people. And then it's, and then the goal, goal kept moving. I finally settled, you know, if I'm going to stay fit and feel better because I feel better when I'm fit, I need a, I need a better goal. My goal, literally, this might sound totally unambitious. My goal became, became I'm just going to show up at the gym at 515. I'm just going to show up and then that's it. And there's days I show up and I leave and I'm like, oh, you know, I really didn't do the workout very good, but hey, I showed up and I, did, I put in 45 minutes of work. I showed up. And that, that's my new goal is just to show up. Yeah, I think that that consistency is is really important. Um, I, I I think that I'll I'll go a little bit further into like what what fork in the road battle I think you're winning by showing up versus like another fork in the road battle that might happen when you're already at the gym. But um, yeah, I think from my own experience, I have some lofty fitness goals and um it's hard to stay focused when they are far away chronologically or um if you're older like i am they take a long time to get to and one of the things that really empowered me was i got my design from my coach and instead of stressing out about how i was going to you know, perform on each piece. I was, I treated it as a checklist and I was like, I'm going to check off every box today, no matter what it is, no matter what I feel like I'm going to check off every box. And some days it was easy to check off the boxes and other days I didn't want to stay at the gym and do 20, 30, 40 minutes of mobility work, but I checked the box anyway. And it makes it more likely that you'll go in the future. Right? So if your goal is to show up, and you kind of are dotting those I's and crossing those T's for a while, then it's not a goal that you really have to work for anymore. It's just like a habit. And then you can push that envelope a little yeah. bit to the next level. Like once that becomes routine, then it's and then it's what's next. It, you know, what I find is my, my own personality is I tend to be competitive. So if I if I show up and like I don't want to be there, but I showed up. And then there's other people who are there and they're working out. Then like my own competitiveness kind of takes over and I do the workout, right? I, I push myself to do the workout. Um, but if my goal was to wake up and do some crazy workout in the morning, like I'd roll out of bed and be like, I really don't want to do that. I'm not right. going to go today. But hey, sh- I can show up. That's easy. Mm-hmm. That's easy. That's my box and I can check that off. Um, I, and I love that. I, I love this idea of like, actually making a list of things that you want to do that day or in that period of time and, and make sure the list is achievable for that period of time, but then check the boxes off. I I often will do this, sit down at my desk and have a list of things I need to do that are kind of rattling around in my head. If I, if I write them down, even on a post-it note and then just commit to sitting there until they're checked off, I get a lot accomplished in a small amount of time. I love this idea of, of checking the boxes. Yeah. And I think what tends to happen is we, we make these goals, if you will, that are like, I want to get fit. Like, what does that mean? It's so vague. There's no clarity. Like I want to get out of debt. What, what, there's no action. What's, what's the action. So I think what you're talking about, Brandon too, is like, there's, 
is being very actionable. I want to do 40 minutes of, um, maybe even 40 minutes of mobility might be too vague for some people. So it's going to be, I'm going to do, you know, 30 minutes of some very specific movements or exercises that are spelled out so that there's, there's, there's less amount of thinking, right? It's, it's just easier to go into. I don't have to think about what I need to do. What does mobility mean? One thing I love about CrossFit, I show up and I don't have to think. I used to go to gyms and walk around like, what do I want to do today? And I don't want to do that. I don't want and leave without a workout. I walk in to CrossFit and I've got like very specific things. I don't have to think about it from stretches to warmups to specific warmups to the, to the, to the workout of the day to accessory work. And then that's it. It's easy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's one of the things that we, we do well, uh, like the design of the, the micro class and the structure of the warmup and the cool down and just like being able to have someone show up at the quote unquote restaurant, serve them their dinner, like, and then like send them on their way and they don't have to worry about cooking or measuring the macros or like buying the food or washing the dishes. It's just like packaged for you. And so in, in what principle can we, uh, take from what we're talking about here? What's the, what's a principle in terms of change, if we're thinking about change or making an adjustment in our behavior, what's the principle that we can take from that? I think it's like starting at a level that is achievable and measurable that's unintimidating. And like, that seems to be what could be like the gateway to more success, so to speak. So like when Eric said he shows up and then the community, if it could be a community, it could be something different depending on what your endeavor is. But in his CrossFit gym, it's the community and his competitive nature that once he takes that first initial step, uh, creates a pathway for him to have more success. So I would, I'm, I'm hearing like the principle is create a small, achievable, measurable change that's unintimidating and then do it. Mm -hmm. One, one of them for me, I think if I'm hearing you right, is I have this goal of never missing a Monday, always going to the gym on Monday. So there's 52 Mondays this year, and that's so that that's measurable. How many of those did I, if I track that, how many of those did I achieve? And it, right. it, it, and it, you know, it precipitates me going other days of the week, but going Monday is an achievement for me. Right. And it, like you said, it's an achievement that unlocks the potential for like, it makes it more likely that the next step is achievable. Mm. And something, something, um, Something that I, I read a while ago, and it just really changed. And me as a financial planner, I mean, we, we we goal set, right? That's what we do. We look we look forward in the future. We set goals far in the future. But something really kind of changed how I think about goal setting. And it was this idea that the problem with goal setting is that goals are very binary. You either meet it or you don't, right? So I want to lose 15 pounds. I lose 15 pounds, then what do I do? I, I don't have any plan for after. And what what they were saying was is our, our goals should keep, they should be created to keep us. We can have obviously goals that we want to meet along the way, these, these milestones, if you will. But our, our goals should be designed to keep us in the game. Like I might hit my push-up goal or my weight goal or whatever goal I have, um, but showing up every day is something that's consistent. That That's a goal that, that I'm constantly working towards. Mm. 
So, so for me, I think it's clarity in, like you said, Brandon, these, these measurable things that you, that you know, you can accomplish, um, is setting, setting those up in a way to, to be successful. There, there's slight, there's a slight bit, even though it's nuanced, more objectivity with showing up in the gym than either the two examples you gave the push-ups or losing 15 pounds, even though there are a ton of variables and people have lives and children and, and partners that would impact someone showing up at the gym, the variables that would impact losing 15 pounds or meeting your push-up goal would encompass all of those variables plus a ton of other stuff. So if, if a goal, even though like a number on the scale seems very objective, there is a hint more subjectivity to that than say, show up at the gym every day, put in 60 minutes of movement or how specifically you want to define it. Uh, that yeah, really, that, that's interesting. Yeah, and here's here's the cool thing. This I think this kind of leads us to another topic, Matt, that I know that you wanted to talk about here is um, I know that if I show up, I'm showing up at a at a place where there's this environment that's created for me to meet all those other goals, right? I don't I don't if I show up, I have I'm, uh, this is a confession. When it comes to physical fitness and and food, I love eating and I like being lazy and you know, workouts are hard for me. Um, like this, just that self-control and willpower. I'm really good at it for short term, for short spurts, but like long-term self-control and willpower, like they're terrible long-term goal. They're, they're terrible long-term plans to be able to stick to anything. So I find that if I show up, I'm walking into an environment that's created, uh, it's, it's curated, if you will, uh, for me to meet the other goals that I want to have success in those other areas. Um, so I walk in, like we said, the workout's already created. I walk in, there's other people there who um, are trying to achieve the same things I'm going to achieve. There's a coach there who is helping me scale a workout if I need to scale a workout, who's giving me pointers if my form's wrong. So this environment is helping me. Um, I'm putting myself in an environment that's going to help me achieve what I want to achieve. Yeah, like you're you're staying accountable. Like I think you're you're putting yourself in a position to be like all those things sounds like, you know, things of accountability and it seems like the the battle so to speak is like actually showing up. Um I think about it like when I was younger and I thought about like making bad decisions or whatever, like, well, I know that if I go whatever to this tailgate party, I'm probably going to make some bad decisions. So you like turn the other way. And I think that that's kind of what it, you know, I, I know when I go here, there will be things that hold me accountable. So once I get here, I'm good. Like, even though that sounds harder, like, the workout of the day sounds like daunting or whatever. Like it's just getting there. Yeah. It's like the, it's kind of like the phrase that if you hang out in a barbershop, you're going to get a haircut eventually. Yeah. It's kind of like, never heard that before, Matt. Never heard that before. <laughs> I just made it up. Uh, Did you? No, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think you're talking about this environmental aspect around change of where you're, where you're positioning yourself throughout the day. Um, is that, is that space, is that place, is that community um, 
more likely to support the kind of consistent behavioral changes you're wanting or not. For for instance, I've been working a, at, from home a lot this the, in the past year. And sitting on my couch in front of my TV is not a great workspace for me. But getting to my at-home desk or you know, eventually getting back to my office desk um, is a better workspace for me. Uh, I'm more, it, it, I'm, it's designed more to support the kind of consistent change that I'm wanting to make. It's a, it's a place to show up to that is more likely to produce the kind of thing that I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah. One thing, I think it might be a slight parallel is sometimes when I work with nutrition clients specifically, and we're working on like drinking more water, for instance, I'll say like, go to the store and buy yourself like the best water bottle, like the, like treat yourself, right? Like I know these things are super expensive, but like get like a tie dyed one. that's like reflective and like super insulated or whatever. And then you might feel more like, likely obligated right like so that's one of the things that i think is kind of similar to what you're saying we were kind of hinting around this too but the community of people that you're around the community the environment that you're in like eric you're talking about one gym where you're kind of meandering wandering around it's not very effective this other place Mm -hmm. that you go to you show up to is much more conducive to accomplish the thing that you're you're wanting yeah it's also like it's also like spending money on a fancy water bottle like uh, I think I think uh, my wife would be very upset with me if I did not show up at the gym because CrossFit's not cheap. I mean, CrossFit's not, it's incredibly effective. It's the most effective, you know, workout that I've ever done. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, because, you know, there's this, you're compelled to show up. I, re- I read this quote, it's kind of this idea. It says, and this kind of goes back a little bit, Brandon, you're talking about like going to a tailgating party. It said that disciplined people are better at structuring their lives in a way that does not require heroic willpower and self-control. They they spend less time in tempting situations. So there's really not that much difference between people. Um, it's just the the people who are disciplined just avoid certain situations. Like I'm not gonna, you know, Matt, you talked about Chubby's earlier. I was talking about my shrimp po boy. I'm Great not gonna Chubby's walk into Chubby's. By the way, it's so good. I'm not gonna walk into Chubby's and think, hmm, do I want to eat it? Uh, shrimp po' boy today, right? Because if I walk in, I'm getting a shrimp po' boy. Mm. I drive by. Um, there's a donut shop right across the street from our CrossFit gym, and you know we've been, you know, we, we worked out a lot outside during during the the, the COVID times, um, or we still do. Um, and you leave, and the, the smell of donuts, right? And if I walk in to decide if I want to buy a donut. I don't have the willpower. I'm going to buy a donut. I just don't go in. I avoid the situation completely. Yeah. So like that, that is really, that is a path that I think is what is successful for, for most people. And I I think that using a, a combination of like that path, like trying to circumvent the situation where you are going to be tempted because in in a situation where it's easier for you to make the decision because you don't smell the donut or see the donut or see your friend eating the donut. Um, but just like training the body, like, like I was alluding to a little bit earlier, like 
controlling the situations where you do have to make a tough decision and succeeding, you can really draw a lot of strength from like mental, like willpower sort of strength. Um, Being like, I'm going to go into this donut shop and I'm going to be free from these donuts. And I'll, I'll like, you know, I'll put it in front of my face and I'll just see like how far I can take it and still kind of like, now I'm not saying that that's like the way to go for everybody all the time, but like that mental, like hardening, um, it does build like character and it does help like set you up for like tough love, so to speak. Yeah. No, like I said earlier, I do think self-control is, it's good. It's a good short-term strategy but it's very difficult. Like I think habits and patterns, even, even bad ones, even ones that you haven't uh, acted on in a long time, you put yourself back in that environment. Um, there's this really interesting study I was reading recently about um, servicemen during Vietnam. Like there's this incredibly high percentage of them that became addicted to opioids. And it was very concerning to um, the, the, you know, the, the military and what they found was the majority of the servicemen who came back, like literally were no longer, I mean, it was, they were no longer addicted. They, they didn't, they, they didn't want it. They didn't need it. A very, very few of them relapsed. And what they found was it was, it was purely environmental um, where today, and, and I know Matt, you've done some, some work at some, you know, early in your career uh, today, you know, people who are addicted to opioids, they go to treatment, they get better. And they come back to their regular environment and they get, I think there's like a 90% re-addiction rate. So um, like that environment is hugely important. And I think that, you know, old patterns are easy to fall back into. So we want to avoid them. But yeah, self-control is a really good short-term strategy. But man, I can, I can, I can not eat a, I can walk into Chubby's and, and walk out without getting a shrimp po' boy. But if I do that every day, I'm going to get shrimp po' boy. I'm going to get fried catfish and I'm going to get a breast of chicken po' boy, which mm. is absolutely delicious mm. and probably onion rings. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying like if you're trying not to drink, force yourself to go out to Bourbon Street back in the day all night long and stay out till 6 a.m. to like mentally train yourself to be tough. Um, White I was just got to be at the gym at 5.15, man. <laughs> I was just saying like when you find yourself too in that situation, don't you don't have to resort to like, yeah. oh, I'm already here. I guess I'm going to eat the fries. You can yeah. be like, I'm here. I'm not going to eat the fries because I'm tough or whatever. Yeah. Like my, I'm mentally. Yeah. I used, yeah, to, I I used to work in addiction treatment a lot. And, uh, you know, I would regularly hear from people that struggled with significant opioid or uh, cocaine addiction who would say like, you know, I really do think I need to put myself back in that scenario and just see if I'm over it yet. So I would, they're talking about going back to a place where there's a pile of cocaine sitting there and seeing if they won't snort it. And I'm like, that, that's a, that's a bad idea. That's not a good idea. This, this intention of putting yourself in a really difficult situation to see if you're over it yet is not safe. It's better to think about like, if I run into a buddy of mine that we used to use together, am I able to say, hey, man, good to see you and get out of there as quick as possible? That's a better like one of the one of these forks in the road things that that we're kind of talking about. And Eric, to go back to your quote about um, that, I, I don't remember exactly, but 
setting yourself up where you don't need a heroic effort of willpower to accomplish the thing that you're, you're wanting to accomplish. I mean, there are going to be these days or moments in the year where you need a heroic effort of willpower. Like, like, uh, uh, you stumble, uh, you know, the former user stumbles into a pile of cocaine. They're going to need a heroic effort of willpower, but we don't want them to rely on that every day. We want them to set up systems and processes. So, it, they just avoid that most of the time. And yeah, I think that to, to, to Brandon's point, I think you're right. What happens is you, as, as you have success, right. As you're consistently maybe creating new habits or, or setting better goals. And have you have, have you, as you have uh, more experience of, of victory, uh, sometimes that, that victory it's, it's, it tastes so good that that is what, is going to give you that willpower or that self-control in those moments where you might otherwise have given in. Uh, absolutely. Like making it to the gym, showing up, making it there on Monday. It, it doesn't require a whole lot of willpower to do that, but if you do it enough, it builds up, it builds up the, the will. Well, another topic that I want to talk about um, related to this is just the, 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 the impact of small changes that accumulate to big change. And so, uh, Brandon, as, as you're thinking about change and coaching people toward their, their achievements and goals, how do you think about the role of just small improvements, small changes? Um, I, I think that that's, that's going to be, the most important and most successful way to change. It's the gold, right? The gold. Right. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I mean, I think of it as like, like you don't necessarily want this to think to, you don't want to think about this as a transaction so much. Like if you think about it as like a transaction, like for instance, like I give you, um, you know, 30, 30 days of pull-up training and I'm going to count my macros and I'm going to do these things. And at the end of this, I am going to have this product for me, which is this pull-up. It's like you, then you have to have another transaction, another transaction, another transaction where I think like if the small steps can create the type of person that is achieving these benchmark goals that can always be progressed, then not only are you getting those things and cashing in on those transactions, but you're also growing like as an athlete, as whatever endeavor you're, you're in. So like by the end of the day, all of these habits that you've put into place that are good habits, like showing up to the gym, showing up on Monday, doing your sets of pull-ups, checking your list off, they're all there and you can benefit from them forever because they're, they're part of you now. And you're just chipping away goals along the way Mm -hmm. instead of like, I'm going to do this and eat this way and sleep this way. And I'm going to get, I'm going to do a, and I'm going to get B and then I'm going to do C and I'm going to get D. Yeah. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense how you're thinking about it less transactionally and more as a, as, as a process, as, um, um, consistent behaviors to develop along the way that, that add up over time 
and end up accomplishing way more than your initial goal. Your initial goal may have been, in this case, five pull-ups, but because you're developing these consistent routines, you're way beyond that in a, in a few years. You know, Eric, um, a while back, this is something I've learned from you. I want to share this with you. Um, a while back, uh, you know, several years ago, I needed to expand my professional network in New Orleans. You know, we're talking 10 or 15 years ago. And how do you expand your professional network? I mean, that's not it, just the easiest thing to, to check off on the box. Um, and I remember you telling me something. We were going to some kind of event together, some meeting or something. And uh, you said, I always get there early, 10 minutes early. The gold is before the meeting starts, get there early and meet some people. And so that's what I've started doing is that any, I took that from you, you know, a decade ago is that when I'm going to an event somewhere, try to get there five minutes early and just say hi to somebody, meet somebody. And what happens over time is I expand my network in New Orleans. I accomplish the, the thing that I'm trying to accomplish, but you gave me a process by which to do it that I would not have come up with on my own. And it was so simple. It wasn't like, hire a team of marketing people or throw these big networking events. It wasn't that at all. It was this small change, five minutes, 10 minutes yeah. early, say hi to somebody you don't know. And those changes accumulate over time. And um, in, in Atomic Habits, the author says that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. And you know, as a financial advisor, we look at money, we look at compound interest. It's, it's how money multiplies over time. The more time you have, the more compounding interest you're going to have. So the longer you do these small changes, those changes accumulate, they accumulate, they get, and then you get better and then you grow. And then all of a sudden you're, I'm doing the chin-ups that I want. I'm doing the push-ups that I want. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, the accumulation is a really good term as well. I think about accumulation in volume of exercising, also like minutes of like positional work. So doing different stretches and um, exercises to be in better positions when you when you actually do work out. Like if you do 20 minutes of positional work every day for the week, it's not super daunting, right? I'm going to do 20 minutes of positional work while I'm watching TV or whatever. And then at the end of the week, you have, what, 140 minutes of positional work. Whereas if you were like, all right, I'm going to go do a three-hour, two-hour session of like positional work today, you're going to be like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, but like, like you said, it, it accumulates like those days of success don't go away. They're like things that you have banked over time. You know, like I, when I first started, um, CrossFit, I could not to save my life squat with my hands over my head. I could put a two and a half pound <laughs> plate in my hand and I could not squat without my, without my elbow giving out. And it wasn't a strength thing. I, I think it was like a, it was like a, a like a just like mental thing. Channel, yeah. It, it was the hardest thing. And, and yeah, recently I was doing a workout and I was squatting with weight over my head and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, like I, I could not physically do this for some reason. And it's just, you know, it's just over a year of 
modifying or scaling back a workout that involved squatting, you know, overhead squats or, or the dumbbell or a kettlebell, um, just lightweight, just smaller weight, just to, to work on, I guess, precision, if you will, or technique, if you will. And then, and then now I'm like, oh man, like how could I have not done that before? That's cool. So, Hey, when we're talking about these small changes, uh, lead to big changes. You know, one idea in in my field, counseling, is that um, just get started. Do something different. Just any any small change has the potential to lead to bigger change. And so, in that way, it's kind of talked about as like a blunt instrument. But I want to switch to thinking about small changes that that are precise or very specific thinking about um, when do we increase precision if we're trying to make lasting change? When do we slow down the change process and make sure we're getting it right? Um, you know, kind of to Eric's example of doing, holding weight over his head and, and being able to squat with it. I, that sounds like you could get hurt doing that. I mean, you could drop that on your head or something like that. You could pull something. Dangerous. Yeah. When do, so when is it important to just get some weight up over your head and go for it versus slow down and do it right. Precision. Well, in CrossFit, we talk about um, mechanics, then consistency, and then intensity. And I think that that's typically kind of like, regardless of the other personal training or athletic certifications and education that I've been through. I think that that's a really good universal mantra. Like go through it again. What is it? Mechanics. It's mechanics and then consistency and then intensity. And just break, break those down for me. And so mechanics is being able to perform the, the movement um, consistently like proper for one rep. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. It's been like three years since I had my L3 test. So uh, consistency is being able to do the reps um, uncoached or uncued multiple reps in a row. And then intensity is being able to hold that um, technique and add speed um, to whatever you're doing. So basically, like we want you to be able to do it. We want you to be able to do it slowly by yourself and then, and we want you to start pushing the, the speed uh, of the movement, or maybe even like you could say the load of the movement too. Uh, you could define intensity by load a little bit as well. And this is good. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this, like just in other contexts, like yeah. in the context of, of my business, when I'm, you know, financial planning with people as they're trying to learn new behaviors, like how does this translate? And this is exactly why we wanted you for this show as we kick off the, the next normal. This is, this is gold right here. I think that there's like a lot of parallel, like there's all kinds of different uh, exercise programs or sports or training methodologies but there's like a lot of parallels in some of the stuff that um, that I've been educated in. And it just seems like makes a lot of sense to me that this particular, um, you know, triaging of or ordering of priorities with with exercise. So, yeah, I'm thinking about it in terms of like parenting, uh, you know, teaching kids to do the thing the right way. 
and continuing to cue them and instruct them so that they're doing the thing the right way, whatever that thing is. It could be loading the dishes. It could be a number of things, but teaching them to do the thing the right way and, and then uh, coaching them to do it more consistently on their own so that I'm not having to cue them. <laughs> well, teach me how to do that one, Matt. Yeah. It, Please. It's, it's, it, you know what it is for me? It's, it's, it's repetition. And it's, yeah. it's not yelling at them. What, what are you doing? It's just repetition of, of continuing to do that thing the right way consistently. Repetition of reminding them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like um, when I was a new brand new parent and I, you know, I'd never really changed a diaper before the first night that I had my baby at my house. I don't think I've ever, I'd ever changed a diaper before that. And it's not real self-evident how to change a newborn's diaper. There's a little bit of figuring that out. Um, and it, it made sense to me to figure out how to do it the right way first, to do it correctly, and then to repeat that over and over again. And, and then, you know, I can speed that up and do it quicker now. I could swaddle the baby faster. I think there's a lot of what, what Brandon's talking about here. Um, yeah. is it, it's mechanics, doing it right, then consistency, doing it right, several times and then intensity being able to do it in in some way more intensely faster harder stronger or something yeah and if you if you if you go out of order depending on what endeavor you're in yeah you're probably you i mean you might get it right a couple times like you might be able to like change the baby's diaper and swaddle baby real quickly if you try to skip those steps of mechanics and consistency but more often than not you're going to probably screw it up and you're going to have to you're going to get you're going to get poop everywhere. You're going to get pee. But I think like that just goes to. It's going to be a chit show. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> my goodness. Editor bleep that out. Sorry, mom. Just kidding. Um, my, my point that is that you, you probably shouldn't skip the steps. You should probably go in order. Yeah. I like the most lasting success. You know, I've never thought, I mean, obviously I've never thought about it in this context because you just shared this mechanics, consistency, intensity here. But when I'm working with um, a financial planning client, and let's say we're putting together like a plan to get out of debt, kind of the, the way I like to structure the relationship is there's much more contact with me in the first two months. You know, we're, we're, we're much more in touch. And then after that, um, you know, we may not we may not meet for a little bit, just a little bit more time as they're implementing some of the things that, that we've, we've looked at. And then the idea is for them to be able to do it regularly on their own. So it's kind of that same idea where I want to be really involved in the front end to make sure that we're structuring all this the way that it needs to be structured. You know, if there's anything that needs to be changed, I want to walk very closely with you while we do it so that you're able to, to learn it on your own and be able to do it without, without the, the, the uh, direct um, supervision of me, if you will, if that makes sense. Yeah, I the the I think one of the the worst things, the tragedy is learning to do something and being very confident in doing it but doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean developing like in 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 movement, you know, developing motor patterns that are incorrect are more difficult to change than coming than than having like no movement patterns at all or starting you know, starting someone from scratch, like, um, yeah. And the more repetitions you have with like, again, in, 
in exercise or in movement with the wrong movement patterns, the longer and harder it is to change. I, um, I played volleyball, um, in college and a little bit before and a little bit after. And I came from beach volleyball over to indoor volleyball. And there is like a certain, like, like a certain step sequence that you use when you go up to attack a volleyball in the order of the steps, like depending if you're a right-handed hitter or a left-handed hitter. Well, on the beach, it's not as evident. So when I started there, I developed the wrong one. Mm. And instead of going back to like the mechanics stage of it, trying to develop the right one, I wanted to be in the intensity stage. I wanted to just play, 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 play in tournaments and, you know, play with my friends and stuff. So I never took the time to go back. Well, I went to college and played indoors and my first season was not great from the attacking front. So I like took like forever and ever to, to fix that footwork, to go the other way. And when I, when I used to coach volleyball and I would teach us an eight year old, a footwork, they could learn it in like 35, 45 minutes. But it took me like, gosh, it must've been like, it was the entire summer. So, I mean, probably like a hundred hours of training to unlearn that, that pattern. Oh man. Yeah. You you know, I see, I see this all the time in families. I just want to make this comment about, um, the, the, the patterns that you develop, the mechanics that you begin to use early on in parenting are very hard to change 10 years later. So for instance, yelling in the home, if you've been yelling at your kid for 10 years or 12 years, and then, and then all of a sudden you come to a realization, this isn't good because my kid's now yelling at me, yelling at his friend, yelling at his teacher, whatever. It's very hard to undo that. That mechanic of that is now so in, it's been so consistently ingrained that it's now hard to undo. And so as part of, um, part of what we're talking about today, I hope people are thinking about applying these, these principles beyond way outside of, of health and fitness and gyms and all that kind of stuff. And thinking about just how you develop those patterns that you have in your life, whatever you do routinely, you're, you're Mm -hmm. doing it over and over again. You, you develop that from somewhere and there's an alternative and, and you don't have to do it that way. You could do it a different way. Yeah. You know, the, the, we're, we're talking about positive behaviors. Um, and Brandon, we're talking about like strengthening those positive behaviors. So it becomes easy. So it becomes natural, it becomes, it becomes just the way you do it's your routine. But Matt, you're talking about like the, the habitual behaviors that are poor. They, I mean, it's the same way we create them the same way and they're reinforced the same way. And yeah. oh, I do want to hit one more topic, Brandon, and then we're going to start wrapping up here. I think it ties directly into this is you are incredibly intentional about unlearning improper footwork that was going to make you more successful. Talk, talk to us a little bit about, about this idea of intent and being intentional when you're trying to accomplish something. Oh yeah. I think that that's a super important, um, kind of term as well. And I I don't know if I realized it as much until I started doing CrossFit and more, more importantly, like training others, be it through CrossFit or some other methodology. And I noticed that 
with CrossFit, and and if you do it, you you know this that sometimes the workouts are really short. A lot of times, people look, they come in and they look, and they're like, "Oh, that's you know, that's a very short workout." Or maybe they come in and it's a strength day, and it's not a lot of lifts, and you're like, "Well, that's not a lot of volume." But you know, I always tell people this, like if you run a mile as fast as you can and your intent is to like hit that mile hard, it is a different mile than if you walk a mile slowly while scrolling through your phone. So I think that I bring that kind of analogy into CrossFit. And once I started doing that, I just started realizing like the importance of intent, whether it was to get a just a good sweat on, which, you know, some of our members come in and they just want to get a good sweat on and that's okay. But like, if it's a 10 minute circuit, like you got to push it because we're not going to sit you on something for 45 minutes or an hour or some of the other kind of mixed modal fitness classes. Um, and I, I think about that intent or I think about like, okay, you come in and our day is like, six sets of 10 deadlifts like sure you could do six sets of 10 deadlifts and rest and not feel anything or you can like do it with intent and i think that that the intent is probably the most um important indicator in whatever change that you want to make once you show up right once you're once you're doing once you've taken that small step or once you're doing the things that you want to do after that, the intent is is the predictor of success. I think. I, yeah, yeah, I, I think love of- this 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 idea of of intent and intentionality, and and kind of the opposite of it is just passivity or or going with the flow or going through the motion, um, and so much of our life we have more authority over than we give ourselves credit for. We have more. De- yeah. We have more uh, ability to control than we think we do. I, I'm kind of on this parenting kick today, but um, in in parenting, it it doesn't have to happen uh, just by accident. You can choose how it happens. You can choose those interactions. And and if you didn't like the way it went last year, if you didn't like how you worked last year, or if you didn't like how you worked from home last year, have some intent and do something different this year. Um, ha- if you if you're not super pleased with your your relationship or your relationship with your kids, have some intent and do it differently this year. Set aside your as as Brandon you were saying, you're already there. You're at the gym now. How in with what intent do you want to to have this interaction today? How do you want it to go today? Have some intent. I love that. Yeah, I think this is a um, this is a great spot to to wrap up and, and and kind of this is like the exclamation point I think on with some really good stuff, Brandon. You know, this idea of doing things on purpose. We kind of started off with this idea that change is inevitable, change is happening. Sometimes change is thrust upon us, but we do we are empowered to a certain degree to dictate how we respond to that change, and it's that intentionality and the purpose in which we we, um, we, you know, we move forward. So I love this idea of, I want to do things on purpose. I don't want to do things on accident and, you know, coming into the, the gym to do a workout very intentionally 
right? If there's a, you know, one of the questions I often ask when I go to the gym is, Hey, where, where should I be feeling this? Like this workout that where, where should I be feeling the, where should I be straining? Where should I be stretching? Cause I want to make sure that I'm doing it right. That I'm getting the, 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 the intent of the workout is cardio or the intent of the workout is to work your hamstrings, you know? Uh, so I want to make sure that I'm, that, that, that's, that's being done properly. I want to do it on purpose and not ac- on, a, on accident. And that's what the next normal is about. The next normal is about being intentional and doing things on purpose in these very important parts of our life from health to money, to spirituality, to relationships. Um, Brandon, any final thoughts or are there any good resources that, um, that you want to share with us? I know you were mentioning a, a book earlier, but before we, oh. we started recording. Yeah. Um, so I think as far as like specifically building small steps, like b- putting like small changes in place to, to make lasting change on uh, the book, one small step can change your life by Robert Maurer. Um, the Kaizen way is a really small, easy read. I think it's about 180 pages or so. Yeah. Wow. 181 181 that's a good guess by me i guess um but uh yeah i think that that's a really great resource awesome any other closing thoughts man uh just wanted to echo what you guys said about intent i think um it's you know it's more than sitting at home and wanting to do something it's 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 once you're in the practice of doing what you're doing once you've shown up so to speak it's doing it purposefully and um you know just reaping the benefits of that awesome matt any thoughts you know brandon i i really appreciate you and i appreciate the level of intent that you bring to your work um the level of precision that you bring to to your work and it it certainly has benefited my life my body uh, my health. And so I would, I would encourage all of us as we're making changes this year, get a coach. And that coach could be, um, a teacher, a therapist, a guru, a financial planner, um, a CrossFit coach. Coaches come in all different, a therapist coach coaches come in all different shapes and sizes. And, and, and if you need one, get a coach. Um, you know, next week, we'll be talking to a mind body expert about your health. And so I just really look forward to applying these principles today that we've been talking about today to making changes in our, in our health. This is great stuff. Brandon, again, thanks for taking the time, you know, here on uh, building us relationships are important to us. Managing money is important to us. And, um, uh, health is obviously in, important to us and just the principles that you brought here are going to help us um, do better in all these other areas. So we we, we believe uh, um, strongly in this idea in investing in your relationships. Well, thanks for having me. I really had a great time today. Awesome. Dr. Matt Morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater New Orleans area. To learn more about his work, visit drmattmorris.com. Eric Garcia can be found online at plan-wisely.com. His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. 
Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated.